This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And you have a revolutionary topic that you want to discuss on the Practical (laughs) Prayer podcast. Yeah, you know, sometimes I think about when I'm thinking of a subject, does it have to be exciting and, you know, whatever. But this is just what it is. This is prayer. And of course, I know you're going to say it's all the same thing. It's about the one and all of that. And I get it. But, you know, sometimes we put a little different label on it. Maybe I'll surprise you and I'll say something different than you thought I was going to say. I don't know if I can handle that. (laughs) always possible that I will be enigmatic or surprising. Okay. We'll see. So, yeah, and actually it's wonderful for us to talk about prayer in the Practical Prayer Podcast because practical prayer is a different form of prayer than, as you refer to it, conventional prayer. And there's a lot of ways to say what it's not. There are a lot of different ways of describing what it is, affirmative prayer, scientific prayer, positive prayer not prayers of supplication or addressing separation, but without getting into like all of that stuff, which we've trod upon before, what's piquing your interest today as we talk about prayer? Well, I know that I think all speech is prayer in the sense that when we say prayer is talking to God, and so I understand it in that way, not talking to a God out there, by the way, I don't want to get us confused with that, but it's internal speech and it's still prayer and it's still working and it attracts what it attracts and that's a whole nother subject but remembering what you prayed for is an issue because you if you pray and get up and just go i think faith is involved there but certainly remembering that you did it because what's happened to me often is that i'll pray about something using either conventional or practical or whatever I feel like I need to use at the time. And then later on something happens and I'm thinking, what just happened here? Hmm. And then there are times that I could trace it back. Ah, you remember that prayer. And also then I'll feel bad because I forgot, but it still worked. It was out there getting it together and working and bringing it to me. I like order. You know, you know that. You <laughs> I like do. You order. like order. You yeah. like order. The recovering and, control freak part of you loves order. Yeah. And and I care though, so that you can remember and appreciate and have gratitude and all of that for the prayer that you sent out and have faith in the, you know, the expectation of it. Otherwise, why do it? 
there are prayers of frustration, and then after the frustration is gone, perhaps the prayer is forgotten. I don't know. I have to, you know, I'll do some digging on that one. I know that you will. And <laughs> I'm going to quote one of my favorite people when I tell you, that's a lot. <laughs> and guess what? It's more. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the stuff more. that you're talking about, there's a lot that's involved and that's packed into that. The first thing that I want to cover is that your word is creative. Your our mm -hmm. word is creative. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God and with God, and that's the way that we create. We set an intention, and we give voice to it, and it activates the creative laws of the universe and creates a new experience for us. So you are, I think, 100% correct that all of our words are creative, whether it's our internal mental self-talk or the stuff that we say in a very flowery and well-prepared prayer. It's all creative. And on another part of the story, one of the things that I get to do is prayer work for other people because I'm trained as a practitioner and spiritual counselor. So I will have a meeting, a session with somebody, and they'll tell me the story about where they are and what they're, they've been experiencing and what they'd like to have instead. And we'll kind of dive in and sort of do a little divining about what's going on in their belief system and then do a prayer based on the experience that they're having changing to the one that they would prefer to be having instead. And the way that this works for me is I do the prayer and I will pray until I believe it. I pray until I know that it is done. And then I stop praying. And for me, I then forget about the prayer. And you know, you have the idea that you can't forget. You need to remember what it is. I have a notebook where I write down all the prayers that I'm doing for clients so I can go back and refer to it. But the really fun thing that happens is sometimes somebody will come to me and say, Bill, that prayer that you did for me two months ago, it's spectacular. Here's the wonderful thing that happened. You know, the person who showed in my life, or the money that, that arrived, or the great job, or the you know, whatever they're talking about, this wonderful thing. And I'll think to a second and say, did you already tell me this story? Because this is all really familiar. This is all I've heard and I've seen this before. And then I realize... I set the intention for it, believing in the prayer. And what I'm remembering is the faith that I had that it was done. And so I'm remembering the input to their unfolding rather than the story that they're telling me of how it finally came out. So, and that's just fun for me. And that happens a bunch of times. People are just ecstatic about something cool that happened and they want to share it with me. And I think they already told me. So that's interesting because then you're the one who's offering the prayer on somebody else's behalf. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you're praying until you believe it. Mm -hmm. And it's out there working, mm -hmm. you know, the divine things <laughs> I had to call it, out there, the putting stuff. it all together. Yeah. The stuffs, putting it together. And the person who requested the prayer let me ask you this. What is their role? Their role is to get out of the way. To let go. Of so they can ask you to is. pray and just walk away? Mm-hmm. Okay. If somebody believes that they are unworthy and that they're never going to get the good that they're seeking, then I could do any prayer that I want, and it's their belief that they're not going to get the good that's going to be operative. When we work together and I identify that they have a belief that they don't deserve this wonderful relationship or they're never going to make enough money or... We address whatever's going on in their belief system. As soon as we can identify what it is that they need to let go of, 
to stop saying, oh, I'll never get a good job, or I will never have a wonderful relationship, or I'm always going to be sick. As soon as they're willing to let go of that and allow some space for something different to happen, there's one mind. And since that one mind is not being impressed with their negativity, it's now receptive to something new. And that's the prayer that I'm doing, because we're all thinking into the same mind. So with them stepping out of the way, suddenly their good is available, not because they said it, but because I said it on their behalf. I get it. I really get it. But I got one question. Just one? Okay, shoot. <laughs> so far. Okay. So in that scenario that you explained so absolutely clearly, it seems that the responsibility now is on you. Because you've prayed, you pray until you believe it. It's you doing it and they just you know, walk away. And I understand that, but it still seems like you're kind of the one, the onus of believing and putting it out there. You know, you're carrying the ball here. Well, I'm carrying the ball for the prayer. And what I'm doing is I'm putting my experience and my time to work for them to do the prayer, but I'm not creating the change in their experience. I am not the one who's going to go find the girl and bring her over. I'm not the one who's going to like send out resumes and get them a job. That's the infinite. The divine creative power that creates everything is going to create their next new experience. I am simply opening a channel through which that good can flow. I'm not responsible for the outcome. I'm only responsible for the prayer and uh, joining with them and setting the intention. That makes sense? Hmm. It does. It does. I'm still trying to maybe work a little bit and on the eye, because you know, I'm big on like you're responsible for yourself, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, you can't just drop the prayer on the person who's praying. I have some responsibility in this believing, right? It is absolutely huge to be able to let go of that old belief. That is such a heavy burden and such a usually something that somebody's been carrying for years or sometimes decades or an entire lifetime. So there's actually some work involved in letting go of that old belief. So that is their part. And the fact of the matter is anybody can learn to do a practical prayer for themselves. And as we say, and I didn't make this up, I think you might recall this from the New Testament where it is done as you believe. So, but there's one creative law that's responding to all belief. And if I am believing that somebody is worthy of and on the way towards having their fabulous, perfect job, that goes into that universal belief that is activating the universal creative power. And that good shows up for the other person, as long as they're not sitting there blocking their good. So when the job offer letter comes along, they leave it, you know, sitting on the kitchen table until somebody spills milk on it, and then you can't read it anymore. It is possible for somebody to get in the way of their own good that way. But as long as they're playing along, the system works. Yeah, the operative word that just kind of popped up there, you know, like they're playing along. And that's kind of important. And as you were speaking, I was reflecting on or what was coming back to me is in my experience. I'm not sure if it's belief system. I'm not sure about that because I kind of don't like it. So I don't think it was exactly my belief system. But in my experience, what it bumps against somebody prays for me, I walk away you know, and it's, they're doing it. And I do believe that I have some responsibility, even though you and I meet and you're doing what you do, I have a responsibility to remember, to not get in the way, 
to have faith, you know, and when I see the evidence, get on it. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, and that's what I mean when I say I do have some responsibility with it. Oh, absolutely. And one of the, my favorite prayers to do is that we are divinely guided to take each next perfect step. So I'm not sure where I'm supposed to be going or what I'm supposed to be doing next. But the prayer is for that guidance to show up and tell me what that perfect step is and to take it. Yeah. To have the perfect step be revealed and just look at it and say, oh, look, a perfect step and not mm -hmm. do anything doesn't work. So there is the responsibility of the person who's being prayed for. They got to be willing to step into a new life. And a lot of times that's the conversation that we're having ahead of time. You know, somebody wants to have a wonderful, committed, loving relationship with somebody spending the rest of their life with. Okay, is there room for their clothes in your closet? Oh, no, I'm really comfortable with my house set up the way that it is. Well, you don't have room for somebody else. So until there's not room in your house, there's not room in your consciousness, and all the praying in the world is not going to bring them around because they're going to come by, there's not going to be space for them, and they're going to keep going. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's what I call the work. Like you gotta get... In that sense, yeah. there is absolutely work to do. We need to be ready to receive the good that's coming our way. Yes, yes. When I pray for prosperity with somebody, I sometimes tongue-in-cheek ask them to call their banker and make sure there's room in their account for more money. Oh, whatever it takes, I think, you know, because with that, with prosperity and so forth, there are times when I'll think, wait a minute, check your habits and make sure. And sometimes that means for a time when I had, was trying to change some things, my part to do was to check my bank account every single morning. You know, maybe out of nowhere, several zeros will come up. Fine. I don't mind that. But the more practical part of it for me was you can use your card without thinking. You know, you did this, you did that, and don't remember. Right? And so checking it every day, there I did find things. Oh, I forgot I did that, you know, which helped to change behavior. So I guess that's why I'm really big on what is it that's my part to do. I think God certainly has a part, the divine powers and all of that, that bring the component parts together, but I can't just go away and think it's going to be like magic. I do have my part to do. Absolutely. We get to do our part and we need to engage with that new experience we're going to be having. You know, if the prayers for prosperity and there's somebody who's broke and, you know, they want to be wealthy and prosperous, if at some point you get to address the question, all right, when I have more money than will be covered by the FDIC insurance, do I need to get a second bank? And for somebody who's broke, they're not thinking about that. Right. But it's still a question that's out there. And in order to embody that wealth and prosperity consciousness, those are the sorts of questions that we get to answer. Where am I going to put my lover's clothes? You know, when I'm healthy and fit and vital, what am I going to do with this body that I haven't been doing already? Do I just want to look good so I can sit on the couch looking good? Or do I actually want to go out and run a 5K? There are choices to be made, and there's follow-through to happen. Let's take a break, and then we will continue talking about prayer. It's Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand. That's right. You can take it at your own pace, 
anytime you want. All of the information is at bethelight.com. That's b-the-light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons, broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice, there are experiential activities and exercises, and at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at bethelight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, continuing this amazing conversation on prayer. So exciting. Yeah, we're talking about prayer. And it's about our beliefs. And sometimes there are things that we understand that we believe and we know that we believe. And sometimes there's hidden beliefs, stuff that we didn't realize that we believed. There are things that come from culture. Oh, well, boys never do that, or girls always do this, or people who live on that side of town never have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I was working with a client a couple of years ago, and she was living in an experience of feast or famine. Like there was either lots of money and everything was great and prosperous and wonderful and lavish, or the money would run out, and then suddenly it's all about struggle and difficulty and problem and challenge. And living this way for decades... And just like got to the point where she was exasperated. She was tired. Like, what the hell's going on? And so we talked through. And when she was growing up, her parents had been in the real estate business. And selling houses, or used houses, you know, means that if there's a closing, there's lots of money. And if you go for a while between closings, there's no money. And so she had grown up in a feast or famine mentality. That was the framework of finance that she didn't necessarily agree with. But that was her formative base. Like, that's the way the world works. And you know, she's sitting there later in life thinking, oh, I'm such a failure because I keep on doing this you know, thing where the money runs out and I have to deal with the struggle and all the rest of it. And I said, you're not a failure. You are a complete success. You learned that the way to do it is feast or famine, and you're doing it perfectly. You are executing perfectly on a flawed program. And when we changed the program to, I don't, this is what I want to do. I want to be able to live well and comfortably within my means, to have the opportunity to get plenty of money coming in and to be able to share and to be gifted and to have resource. Things started changing, turning around. And that feast or famine thing is not happening anymore. And when, when a, a reversal comes along, she doesn't get bent out of shape about it because she knows that there's something different coming along. So that's when I, when I talk about a false belief or a hidden belief. It's those things that are so ingrained in us that we never think of. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there I go back again, you know, with work, you got to dig it out. When you see it, when you recognize it, in my experience, I'll say this, because I do have a bit of trouble saying what somebody else should do. But in my experience, as soon as I catch it, even if it's a notion, and sometimes that's all it is, it's like a real quick flash of a notion, I'll say, whoops, wait a minute, and I'll stop and go back. 
and think, what was that thought? You know, is that it? And very often it is one of those hidden beliefs, little small thing like that. And when you were talking, I remembered my father was a realtor. We didn't have feast or famine because he was a realtor and my mom had her thing. So, you know, it was always pretty steady. But I did recognize when there had been a settlement. Yeah. You know, I did. And surf and my turf. And my, yeah, my father was very, he was very much a finance person and he would take time to make sure you understand how to keep balance so that no matter what's happening. But there are other areas that crop up like that where that balance was not there, you know, in my thinking or belief. And I'm amazed at what's in our belief system, no matter how small we think it is or far back, it can just really dictate how we, our faith, our level of faith in what we're doing or asking now. That just kind of blows me away. Yeah. There's really, really good news too, that we have a system available to us to show us what we believe. What's in our belief system is not hidden from us because if it's done unto you as you believe, then the way your life is going is a reflection of what you believe. The tongue-in-cheek yeah. saying is that your life is a 100% scale topographical map of your belief system. Yes. Can we t can we just say that is such a scary thing? It's a reality. It's the truth, you know. But when you look at it, I mean, that's one of those things that will change your life on the spot. So listen, I got to do something different right here. I did this? What do you mean I did this? Oh, and people usually, as soon as we cover that, it's like, well, you're saying that it's my fault? I'm to blame for what's happened in my life? Well, no, I'm not saying it's your fault or you're to blame, but there's only one person who has accountability for this, and that's you, which is good because nobody else needs to change their mind in order for the experience to change. It's all an inside job. We get to change our belief, and we get to look at the life that we've been living and say, that's what my belief is giving me. How's that going? Am I happy with that? And it's just, the I keep using the term turning point, but it's sobering, I think. It doesn't have to be a turning point because you can continue the way you are, but certainly it's sobering <laughs> to, to look at it and think, well, now, okay, this is pretty deep. And what do I have to do? Right. You know, and I always think that it's okay to say it takes time, you know, because it took time to come this way for this scenario to be created and so you look at it and think yeah okay so and undoing something takes a bit of time because there's some other stuff in there too i'm going to say that it can there was a word that you snuck in a little bit earlier and i just want to double back to that one and then we'll talk about the time that it takes and the word was should and you said you want to tell people what they should do and i don't tell people what they should do i tell people what they can do Oh, and by the way, if you keep on doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep on getting the result that you've been getting. So if that's okay with you, go ahead and do that. Or you could do this instead. Yep. Or Thanks you can for make clearing. this change instead. Yeah. Because should is, that's a loaded word. That's me telling somebody else what their behavior can needs to change to. And it's not up to me. And I always felt like I should tell people should, should. Sorry. Listen, I shouldn't let me finish it. Giving <laughs> I can't tell you what you should do, right? I know what I do. It works for me may not work for you. I'm just sharing a mm -hmm. thought. Yep. 
when you have an observation on behalf of somebody else who's come to you and is sharing what their experience is inside of their belief system, then when you notice that what they're believing and what they want to be experiencing are different and you point it out, that's an opportunity to be as gentle as possible because there are, <laughs> there is the very real possibility that when somebody realizes what they've been doing to themselves for the last six months or six years or six decades, that they're going to give themselves a big dope slap in the head. Dope! <laughs> And you don't need to help move their, their hand. They, they take care of that all on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something new possible. So, and the, the other, the next thing that I wanted to make sure we address is the timing. It is completely possible that it will take a while for things that have been going on for decades to take a while to turn around and not necessarily. Transformation can be instantaneous. I have seen people who have been going through their life for years or for decades looking for a wonder, wonderful, committed, uplifting relationship. And they're on dating sites and they're involved in the process and they're doing all the stuff that they do. And then suddenly there's somebody and boom, it all changes. You know, look at somebody across the room, make eye contact. She's the one. And everything's different. And it can all change just that quickly. There was an experience that I had in the early 2000s. I was working for a company that had run out of the money to pay me. And my partner and I were continuing to work for the company because there were a couple of big accounts where there's a possibility we're going to sell something or we're going to get paid. And so it was months of this. And we couldn't project how this was going to change or what was going to happen. And then finally, the guy who owned the company said he couldn't do this any longer. And there was one major client we were hoping to make a sale to. So he called the client and he said, well, I got to tell you, this is what's going on. These two guys are not on payroll anymore, you know, because we're, we're doing X, Y, and Z. And the client said, well, thank you very much. I appreciate you letting me know. He gets off the phone, calls him back two minutes later, says, so they're available. <laughs> we were working for him the next week. <laughs> that quickly. That quickly things can change. And it was months getting to that point. And finally, something changed and a new opportunity came along. And it seemed like it, but I think things are working in the background mm -hmm. that you don't see. So it makes the suddenly feel like sudden. Oh, yeah. It's suddenly for yeah. us, it's not sudden for the infinite. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of my conversation with the infinite <laughs> often. Look. I don't know what you're doing back there. I know you're doing something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know you're doing something. If you don't mind bumping up the speed a little bit, I'll be okay. But I know you're doing something. So I just want to let you know, I'm still here, trusting and waiting. And okay, you can get back to it now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you and know, whatever, whatever it takes. Yeah. And just for a, a practical perspective on that. I mean, we have no idea what it's like to be an infinite creative power that creates galaxies this entire universe. What we do know from what the scientists tell us is that the universe has been in existence for 14.2 billion years. Life expectancy for a human, if you're really optimistic, is maybe 110, 120. So it doesn't matter if it's happening inside of a human lifetime on the scale of 14.2 billion years, it's like that. Mm -hmm. So instantaneous for us and really slow for us is about the same for the infinite. So 
yeah, it's not like we're going to be changing the laws of physics in order to get something promptly in our experience. It is all possible that yes can be answered with a yes, and it can show up before we even finished with the request. We set the intention and boom, suddenly there it is. Which is what helps me with the idea that it already is. So just be grateful for it. And I'm just waiting for it to show up because it's already there. That helps me not to worry about, am I doing something wrong? Do I need to do something else? Do I, da, da, da? you know, because that's a rabbit trail. Mm-hmm. So what it takes to make this happen is already in motion. <laughs> it happens so often. I can just point out how many times in my lifetime that spirit has not asked my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Or what I, you know, how I'd like to see it work out, you know, the details work out. So, you know, I'm just trying to go with it and be, yeah. A lot of times as we're digging into our belief system and figuring out what it was that's been causative in our experience, it's like digging through our, our dirty laundry. And we're going through and we're finding all the smelly stuff that has been affecting our lives and where this particular stench or look has come from. We unpack all of this stuff and we get it laid out and we understand, ah, this is where the problem is. And then just by force of habit, we take all the stuff and we put it back in the basket and continue carrying it. And that's not helpful. What we get to do is look at where we've been, have a new thought, leave what's no longer serving us behind, and then step into something new. Let us take another break. And when we come back, I'm going to, we're going to do a prayer. And the prayer is going to be knowing that our good is at hand. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. It's time to pray. The prayer today is knowing that our good is at hand. Because there is no need to wait. There is no reason for delay. There is no reason for suffering or anguish. There is no penance or penalty that needs to be paid. Once we are open to that newness coming into our experience, our good is at hand. 
And the infinite creative power that creates everything is ready to fill us with exactly that which will bring joy and love and harmony and prosperity and goodness into our lives. Carol always likes it when I cue. Let us pray. <laughs> we'll turn our attention away from the world around us, away from the details and the specifics of the challenges, of the difficulties, of the discomfort, using that as guidance to inform the experience that we would prefer to have instead. If there's been an experience of scarcity or lack, we open ourselves up to the possibility of prosperity and abundance and enoughness. If there's been a challenge with health or comfort or physicality, we open ourselves up to the knowledge that that health, that that vitality, that wholeness, that comfort that we're seeking is available. And it's not available everywhere in the universe except the three feet around me. It is available everywhere. Our good is at hand. If we're seeking love and a connected relationship or harmony in our workplace or our family or our neighborhood, that good is available. And our job is to turn away from whatever has been supporting the experience we've had so far and make way for something new. If the desire is for a new way to express ourselves creatively, to share our gifts in the world, the guidance and insight that we seek is to know what to put down, what to step away from, how to shift the way that we're engaging in the world to make room for that newness to show up. And the infinite creative power, the one that creates everything, that divine presence, it's God, it's spirit, it's nature, it's source, it's the big bang, it is that from which everything flows. That infinite creative power is always responding. That creative power is sharing itself as all of its creation. There is not God and creation. There is not God and people. There's not God and my neighborhood. There is only God. It is God as this manifest universe as every person, as each of us individually, as all of us together. That divine presence is right here, right now. And it continues to reveal itself in new and fresh and dynamic ways. So this next new experience that is unfolding is our good revealing itself to us even more fully and closely and richly and in greater detail. Our good is at hand, right here and now. And as each of us individually puts down that which is no longer serving us and opens to that newness and invites in that good, there's nothing that stands in the way. That infinite power is always working. And the good shows up in ways that, on the one hand, are completely understandable and the natural unfolding of circumstances, and on the other hand, are so much faster than we might have anticipated or been able to explain ahead of time. And that's how love unfolds. That's how this good is revealed in the world. That is how we are absolutely certain and are shown in every moment that our good is at hand. So I'm grateful for the good that's showing up. I'm grateful for the wonderful stories we get to tell. I'm grateful for the transformation. I'm grateful to know there's nothing that stands in the way of this creative process. There is no malevolent force that's saying, not for you, not for you, but okay for you. The answer is always yes. Our good is already unfolding. The stories are already underway. And so with gratitude for this good and more, I speak this word and I release it into that creative law that always says yes. And I know that it's once again saying yes, this good is happening now. And so I let it be. And so it is. Thank you.
Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at newthoughtphilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.